A very good morning to you, friends. Tis Oliver Callan here on Radio 1 until 10 o'clock this morning. The text is 51551. And from the north, you can text studio and then your message to 80889. It is, what are we, Wednesday now, the 19th of July, the midriff of the week. Ah, you won't find Christmas coming now. How are you doing out there? We're chatting this morning to best-selling author Sarah Gilmartin. She's from Limerick and she's written a really fun novel service, uh, a fun novel that brings you into serious places and uh, particularly brings you into the world of high-end dining and restaurant fare and uh, pinstriped men and the egos of the Irish Celtic tiger years and then kind of smartly serves you into the more serious Me Too era ten years later and has you ask all sorts of awkward questions about um, our and your judgement of people. So fans of literary fiction or litfic, I think they call it, will be uh, enjoy chewing on this one and if you like to think while you're escaping into the pages service that's the name of the novel is one for your collection Sarah will be joining us later on and as we look to our newspaper out of no better place but to start in the restaurant scene and um, there's been a, a FX Buckley Dublin's FX Buckley has been named one of the best steakhouses in the world and this is a ranking of the 101 uh, best steakhouses across the entire world. So then uh, Dublin's restaurant is in there. It's on Lower Pembroke Street. You'll know it. A very manly place to continue our theme of uh, manly, manly speech, manly, manly subjects for, you know, kind of a man's, man's restaurant if you're listening to our uh, Catelyn Moran uh, earlier in the week and What About Men, her book and all of that. Uh, so it's number six worldwide. The number one is a place in Buenos Aires in Argentina, famous for its stake, of course, that old country and uh, competes with the, the, oh, the Irish farmers get a bit annoyed when you mention Argentine uh, steak. So FX Buckley, they say 100% Irish, 100% quality. It has legendary status over the years uh, as a butcher's and now the restaurant is flying there as well. But um, obviously women more than welcome in their steakhouse restaurant. Uh, but steakhouses do tend to attract the male folk. But women are known to eat red meat as well, aren't they? <laughs> I could get too deep into our, our manly theme uh, of of the week. And for Speaking of manly shows and America's biggest television show, uh, and that people, I think, are slightly afraid maybe to talk about and admit watching. I remember it was a Vanity Fair article when they kind of first spotted this Kevin Costner-led Yellowstone. It was the biggest show that no one is really talking about because it appeals to the red state conservative heartlands of America, whereas most shows, as you might have noticed, have a liberal lefty slant over the last couple of years because that's where Hollywood dwells most of the time. But Yellowstone is out there now. Why is it in news? Well, they've got the cookbook treatment in a new book of recipes inspired by the Dutton Ranch, which will mean something to you if you've been following Yellowstone, which has been going six or seven series deep. I'm about two series in at the moment. And it's a, it's a very happy place to live in because it's Montana and it's all the ranch and it's winter and summer and there's themes of family. It's quite soapy. Uh, but it has a, a really good performance by Kevin Costner at the heart of it and there's horses. It's a very, very happy place to go. If you're reading too much current affairs like I am, I like to disappear into the Montana ranch and uh, think of nothing terribly important but the kind of good versus evil, uh, black and white nature of the Yellowstone show. Anyway, what are the eating Yellowstones? They're very cowboy, obviously, so there's lots of, lots of hearty meals. Uh, Rip, who's the kind of um, the horse hand, for the want of a better description, uh, Rip's fried bread with scrambled eggs and bacon. It's a favourite dish, was handed down by his mother. Uh, quick weeknight dinners with Bet's cheesy hamburgers, Mac casserole. 
All right, you just load it all in there. And there's lots of drink involved as well. There's ice cream, which is vodka poured on top of it. Uh, two, yeah, well, there's no name on that at all. Just kind of go for it. Uh, but they're actually Paramount that actually produces Yellowstone. And it's kind of the main reason they've launched a streaming service because all of Yellowstone is on there. It's any way you can watch it in Ireland. Paramount Plus. They're actually br- releasing branded Yellowstone foods and things like beef rubs and seasonings, their own coffee, their canned chilies, which I don't think is the thing that happens here unless you count jalapenos. Would they be uh, jars of chilies? And meat snacks kind of... Um, jerky, beef jerky, which I've never tasted and proteins and stuff like that. Um, you can get your fill of Yellowstone. As I say, the show that no one really kind of admits to watching because it's a little bit, um, it's a little bit red stated, but slightly Trumpy. There's hues of Trumpy, but it's very Montana Trumpy, not quite, quite up there. Just normal Republicans. Remember the good old Republicans like George W. Bush who just started the odd war here? They, the good, the good, decent, moderate Republicans. Uh, now, quickly, uh, off to West Cork, where snakes, snake skin has appeared on a footpath in West Cork. It's all the news. Um, shed skin, found in West Cork yesterday. So the West Cork Animal Charity has been sharing photographs of this. It uh, was found outside a, a house uh, in Skull. And it's about four foot long. So this would be a hefty snake now. And what happens is apparently it would go out in the sun all day and it would have shrunk. So the animal skin, obviously the, the snake skin disappears and they've gone off. But there's no sign of the snake. So if you're down in Skull, West Cork, um, look out for a four foot long snake. All right. It's one that St. Patrick might have missed, they're saying, in, on corkpo.ie this morning. And um, have a look. I was looking in the Irish Times this morning and uh, it caught my eye. There's a Panama coffee shop in Dundalk and there's a great article written by Estefania Bedoya Soto who's from Panama one of the few Panamanians we have in Ireland and she says a couple of years ago there was literally only 50 Panamanians in Ireland so she's travelling around looking for um, a taste of home and she's found it in Dundalk she took an express coach from Merrion Square up to Dundalk spent the day there and was meeting um, this, well, she was in the Panama Coffee, which is the coffee shop in County Louth, run by Anna, who's a Panamanian woman, and her Irish husband, Stephen. And they've been travelling around the place. They were in Luxembourg doing finance stuff. And they came back to Ireland with their two children. And they set up shop in Dundalk, very literally. And uh, this is where the Panamanians are gathering. It's kind of a fascinating story of the new Irish that we have. And it's very uh, Panama-themed. And there are things stuck on the wall, something called Mola, which are... Uh, traditional textiles of Panama. So if you're up around Dundalk, call into Panama Coffee. You'll be helping Panamanian Irish households there. And it's a place I must um, go into myself. You'd be more likely to see that now around West Cork and Kinsale, very much the Dorky. Or would it be more like Hoth of Cork, Kinsale? But um, yeah, one of those eye-rolling, middle, middle, very middle-class country Ireland, basically. Uh, so Dundalk now. Sure, where would you get it? In Dundalk, somewhere on the street in there. Looking forward to that. Return to living home. So Dublin Town, which is kind of like their Chamber of Commerce, is a kind of a support group for Dublin businesses that lobby the government. They are back out again, talking about something which I thought we'd already discussed and, and had kind of followed up on and done. But the living above the shop issue to help ease uh, the housing matters across the country. Um, they want this to be sped up a little bit. So Dublin Town, they're calling for reduction red tape to bring empty residential units above commercial premises back into use. Um, what do they want? They want to cut down planning regulations to be reformed. And uh, so Richard Guiney has been talking about it, living over the shop, should be advanced and sped up. I thought this was happening. I know in around Dunleary, 
uh, it has improved quite a bit and there's quite a lot of houses above shops there because they've changed hands and there's been lots of renovations and so on and country towns are trying to do the same thing and I'd imagine it has improved because the government supports have been put in place there for the last while uh, but probably not enough given the demand and so Dublin Town are saying we can do this in Dublin get up and running those, those parade of shops as I discovered on this programme it's called the Rose of Shops in places like Canberra uh, out the Navan Road and around um, uh, Rand, you, you're walking through an estate in Rohini and suddenly there's a row of shops and someone told me that that's called a parade of shops that would have popped up from the 30s onwards to the 70s when we were building lots and lots of stuff. 51551, that is the text number. You're on about Yellowstone already. If any of those red states think Beth Dutton is anything but liberal, I've been missing the point. Have been missing the point, yes. Well, there are liberal people within the show, but the point is it's sort of... Uh, Beth Dutton is obviously one of the characters in it and she's... Um, Kevin Costner's daughter, troubled daughter because of the backstory and everything. And uh, she is liberal but troubled. And there's lots of drink involved in a problematic way. Uh, it's a very it's a very good show if you get into it. And there's the Native Americans, obviously, of the ranch next door because the Duttons stole the land uh, going back a hundred and something years ago. And the Native Americans are campaigning to get it back through business deals and so on. And there are spin-off series, 1883, which goes back to when the Duttons actually stole the land. It's very, very interesting. But yes, there are liberals within it. But the point I was making at the beginning is this, this whole show appeals mainly to conservatives in America. And that is why it's the biggest show, even though everyone talks about succession and other things it's much much bigger and Yellowstone's an RT2 which I didn't know so that I don't know what season they're on in RT2 um, and if it if it gets onto the player at some point it'll be fierce handy altogether Paramount Plus is the only place you can get at the minute someone says ah Jesus Oliver I'm in, I'm in school on holidays thankfully I'm leaving today had a fabulous time but I'm petrified of snakes so you're of the Indiana Jones persuasion well I'm heading down to West Cork actually over the weekend so I'll let you know how the snake sightings get on and uh, oh, someone is also now telling me Orti is shown every season of Yellowstone. It's where I first watched it. And it's one of the best things I've watched. Quite complex themes. Traditional white settler versus Native Americans with the encroachment of global capitalism threatening both. Gorgeously filmed. Stunning scenes, says Kitty in Ranla. And sure, we might as well stay with, stay with this um, while we're at it. Uh, there's a gas coincidence now. I have two students from Panama staying. I can pack them off on the bus for a trip to Dundalk. Yes, where they can meet fellow Panamanians. I hope I'm saying that correctly. And uh, they're thanking us for the tip. Not at all. We were here for all the stories about uh, Panama's connections to Dundalk. And actually in that article, I read that there's, there's Panama students in Dundalk Institute of Technology. So they can actually, your fellow students can meet fellow students up in um, DKIT and around Drogheda Way as well. They live in Dundalk. Uh, because there's houses, lots of houses around Dundalk, but um, the same pressure as every other town, no doubt. Now, the Australian castaway, we mentioned this fella last week. He's 54-year-old Timothy Lindsay Shaddock. He was an Aussie who was out in Mexico and he decided, sure, you know, while I'm here, I might as well cross the Pacific Ocean on a boat on my own. And he picked up a, a dog that followed him around Mexico and um, the dog... Um, called Bella, it's a she. Uh, he decided to bring Bella along with me and lucky he did because as he took off, not long after he left Mexico, a storm knocked out his electronics, his ability to cook and he was adrift for three months. Since the month of May, he was adrift in the Pacific Ocean and finally then a Mexican tuna boat came up and collected him and found him and he's very grateful to be alive. Let's hear from Timothy Shaddock and his adventures with Bella, Bella the dog and he survived eating Sushi, as he's jokingly called it, he had no cooking facilities. He had to eat raw fish for three months. Uh, look, to the captain and, and this fishing company that saved my life, I, I'm just so grateful. Uh, I'm, I, I'm alive and uh, I did, really didn't think I'd make it, you know. So um, 
thank you thank you so much i've been struggling to sort of you know the health was pretty bad for a while i was pretty hungry and and i i didn't think i'd make it now i'm really doing good and how is bella she's she's amazing like she's yeah that, that dog is is something else bella sort of found me in the middle of mexico she's mexican you know she she is the spirit of of the middle of the country and she wouldn't let me go she I tried to find a home for her maybe three times and she just kept following me onto the water. She's a beautiful animal. I, I'm just grateful she's alive. Now, there's a film waiting to happen on that, I'd imagine. The man alone with his dog. Kind of nice ponderous thing. Remember, was it, um, uh, what's his name? Was in the film Adrift or something on his own. Robert, good looking actor from years ago. Ah, sure, I've got my radio brain on again. Um, Robert, what did you say? Robert Sheen? I can't remember, I can't remember. Uh, old Robert from Butch Cassidy and the Sun Sundance Kid. So what happens? Live radio, the brain, Robert Redford, that's the one, <laughs> yes. Brain just uh, doesn't work, doesn't work anymore when you, once, once, once the microphone comes on, that's what happens. Now I'm fascinated by what's going on over in Nigeria because they've gone Guinness World Record uh, mad. There's a mania. It started off with, um, how did this start off? Well, there was a, there was a chef who decided, right, I'm going to set the Guinness record for cooking non-stop for the longest period. And so... Um, Hilda Bachi basically cooked for 100 hours non-stop to put Nigeria on the map of the Guinness World Records, she says. So she's there and she does very, very well. She actually broke the record by, she only needed to cook for 93 hours and 11 minutes to set the record. And she did, but she kept going anyway, because obviously if someone gets the idea, it'll be broken somewhere else. And so she's done very well out of it. She got a year's free travel by a Nigerian airline. She got loads of other endorsements. She got cash gifts, offers of jobs everywhere, visits from famous people in Nigeria. And but she set off a craze. And now the Guinness World Record people are going, what, 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 what are you doing over there? Uh, one man has sang for 200 hours is <laughs> a recent attempt to break the world record. Another fellow is crying non-stop to set a record. As we speak, he's crying non-stop. He went blind temporarily for 45 minutes because it's very sore to cry non-stop, he's discovered, for days on end. Um, someone is attempting to fry the most snails that anyone has ever fried because there's obviously culinary-themed culinary attempts. A very chef-related show this morning for you. Um, the record-a-thon craze has caught on and some of them are forgetting to even register with the Guinness World Record people and they're just doing it anyway and then they're pointing out, look, at you you, you need to kind of register with us and sometimes you don't win it. And uh, there's, But there's some great records they already have. There's a fella called Chinzoso Eke who holds the record for the most consecutive football touches in one minute while balancing a football on his head. And then he's also got the fastest time to 1,000 football touches while balancing a ball on his head and uh, lots of headers in a prone position in one minute and uh, lots of football-related Bouncy football, keepy uppy is what it should be called, keepy uppy records. It's totally gripped Nigeria. I, I, I don't know what I would do if I set out to do a Guinness World Record. Tommy Tiernan, didn't he perform for the longest, longest stand-up show? And was it, I may have been broken since he did it in Vicar Street and probably felt like the fellow who did the most crying uh, for the number of days in a row. Um, and a masseuse, unfortunately, Nigeria, ran out of steam during her marathon massage attempt and she hurt her hands and she hurt the people she was massaging. But it's fascinating. And also the connection to Guinness and Nigeria, because I think they are the biggest consumers of Guinness in the world and the biggest um, um, brewery of Guinness. They do the 7% Guinness out there. So it's a, it's a, bit, of a bit of a wild one. A lot of love for, for Yellowstone on the text this morning. 51551. 1883 was brilliant. That's the, the previous, the prequel one. Better than Yellowstone. Just got so tired of Beth in the later series, because she's so troubled, I presume, really stretch belief. Ah, says Mary in Limerick, who is um, not understanding the, the rules of soapy 
big dramas that go on for many series in a row. Kevin Costner is unbelievable in it and he usually kind of plays Tom Hanksy roles. Likes to be loved, but not, not in this show. Big Sky Country, Montana. It certainly is gorgeous, says Helen. I'm not sure if you went to Montana or um, you're dreaming of it, but everyone wants a big pickup truck and about, about a thousand acres would do us, wouldn't it? And a pickup truck that you don't have to think about as polluting anything or, you know, using any... Doesn't have a carbon footprint or anything going on there. Uh, Tupac is in the news. Why is he in the news? Well, Tupac Shakur, uh, the uh, Las Vegas police, they've issued a search warrant in the long unsolved killing of Tupac. You remember he was shot in 1996. Wow, he's only 25 years of age at the time. Uh, so that's nearly 30 years ago now. One of the most prolific and celebrated uh, figures of hip hop. He had five number one albums. Uh, Me Against the World, All Eyes on Me. Yes, remember all this? Tick, tick, tick. Well, authorities in Nevada confirmed they've served a search warrant in connection with the long unsolved killing of Tupac. One of the most prolific. Yes, he was 25. He was shot in drive-by shooting in Las Vegas. And um, the, the, this will spike all sorts of true crime podcasts and people are very excited with Look, there's no, no better place to start uh, than in two, the, what, Tupac and one of his greatest hits, sure. Well, we're at it. 51551, that's the text. Oh, before we get to that, Tommy had the record in 2009 for his longest, was the longest running stand-up, continuous stand-up show, but it was beaten four years later by American comedian Dave Scott. He'll just have to go out and do it again, to be fair. 51551, that is our text number. Good morning, all. Let me welcome everybody to the wild, wild west A state that's untouchable like Elliot Ness The track hits your eardrum like a slug to your chest Like a vest for your Jimmy in the city of sex We in that sunshine state where the bomb ass him be The state where you never find a dance floor in the West Coast Tupac and California Love. They're the sound of the 90s. A gorgeous place to dwell as well, if you can't um, stomach Montana and Yellowstone. Uh, the Robert Redford film I was talking about, it's called All Is Lost. Ah, yes, an amazing soundtrack to and a beautiful film. Thank you, Vince, in Cork. If it's got boats in it, I generally will gravitate towards the books and the, the movies, uh, particularly if something terrible has happened in the boat. Don't know why. I, I can't sail or anything. I wouldn't be any good in the water myself from a landlocked... County. Oh, there's a reference to Monaghan and I could, that could be my Guinness World Record most references to your native county in a single radio show. How about that? Another recommendation coming in here. Great show on Disney Plus if you love crime and serial killers. Set in Montana and a really good watch called Big Sky, says Claire. Okay. Does that make you love Montana or make you frightened to go there? Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, Tommy Tiernan record. For those interested in the Guinness records, um, he did. He performed nonstop for 36 hours in Vic Street, but his record was beaten by uh, Dave Scott, US comedian. I don't know about 40 hours he did. So the extra four hours was painful, isn't it? But he would still have the cert up on the wall somewhere, wouldn't he? Because he got a certificate at the time, and the Guinness records are not connected to the Guinness, the Stout people, and all that, all that buzz. Listen, let's talk about Service, the fantastic novel with Sarah Gilmartin. We'll get her in studio, have a nice old chat and go into the restaurant scene of the Celtic Tiger era and then what happens 10 years later. It's fascinating. You're going to enjoy it. Back after these. And you're very welcome back. Uh, someone says, Oliver, do you remember the TV series Raw, set in a Dublin restaurant and starring Charlene McKenna, circa 2010-2011? Yes, indeed, I do. It was uh, 2000, I think, went up to 2013. So about 10 years it finished. And uh, that was all about the trails and the, the, the pressures inside in the restaurant as well. Uh, this person says, I read Sarah Gilmartin's novel Service in Greece recently. It's fantastic. But this Sunday, Kilkenny are taking down Limerick. This is Dan, who obviously knows uh, the importance 
Uh, and Dan, by the way, the same name as the character in the book. So, uh, so you had an interesting perspective on the whole thing. Uh, let's skip back to Montana and Yellowstone. A great Waterford man became governor of Montana. He was the patriot who brought back the Irish tricolour flag from France after escaping from Australia. He led a regiment in the American Civil War. Lincoln appointed him governor of Montana for his service as a military leader. His story would make a great movie, says Tom Blake in Rathfarnham. Good to hear from you again, Tom, one of our, one of our regular <laughs> correspondents. Uh, and that's, uh, always, There's always some fascinating connection. You mentioned someone in America and there's always some Irish lad who's travelled across the world, fought everyone, and uh, they still haven't made the film. 51551, that's the text. We'll take a little bit of music now. Don't call me up, I'm going out tonight Feeling good now you're out of my life Don't want to talk about us Try to leave it behind One drink and you're out of my mind Now I'm not picking up Baby, I'm on the high and you're alone Going out of your mind But I'm here up in the club And I don't want to talk So don't call me up uh, that's uh, Mabel there. Lovely text in here. It says, Martin has absolutely transformed Dundalk beyond words. He's an inspiration. Shalom Martin is the finish on that text as well. And then jumping back into the novel we had, I've read Service and Dinner Party. Sarah Gil Martin is a master of her craft. Can't wait for the next one, says this texter. Also, are we embedding this positive kitchen culture in young chefs? This is all about how things should improve in the kitchen, the shouting and roaring and the abuse of particularly young women. Uh, and they're doing this, sorry, they're, they're embedding the positive kitchen culture in young chef via the Mindful Kitchen project which is happening at TU in Dublin that's from Annette in Dublin from the Tala campus of TU Dublin so well done and thanks for, for doing that fantastic work service it's by Sarah Gil Martin who say Pushkin Press is uh, the publisher that's all we have for you today uh, Philip Boucher Hayes is next and shall we be chatting to you again tomorrow have a lovely day